This is Other Voices. We're listening to varied views from local people who might otherwise not be heard. I'm Melissa Hale Spencer, editor of the Altamont Enterprise, which focuses on Albany County, New York. You can reach me at mhs at altamontenterprise.com. I'm talking to Richard Umholtz, who lives in the Helderberg Hilltowns. He is one of the founders of a new organization called the Mountain Family. The group has contacted a number of area businesses and tradesmen that have offered to provide paid traineeships to people looking to start a new career. Umholtz survived a difficult medical ordeal which hospitalized him for 32 days, followed by 85 days in a nursing home. It dawned on me, he said, when I got out of there, why did I survive? He believes he was meant to help others. So just if you could start by telling us how this idea came about. I have been talking to a number of people of the uh, older generation. We have a lot of skills and a lot of knowledge, and we wanted to figure out what we could do to uh, pass this knowledge on. And I got together with, I think it was about 12 of us, and there was many different skills that we have, and that's when we decided to create an organization. We did not want to use the traditional uh, uh, titles of chairman and board of directors and trustees and so forth. So I uh, talked to a number of individuals who said I would be interested in the project of helping the younger people by passing this knowledge on. So one person in uh, particular, her name is Amber, and I said I'm not going to be the one to uh, run this organization, meaning me, but Amber said, I'll run it. I said, okay, we're not going to use the traditional titles of a new organization. So, since you're going to be the one that uh, will be organizing and running this organization, uh, what's your talk going to be? And she said, Mom. I said, that was very interesting. <laughs> and with that, with that being said, then we have to have Dad. And we have to have grandparents and a couple of uh, brother and sister. So we have a very small, I'm going to say half a dozen of us, who have got together. It's expanded to 12 people with all sorts of skills and uh, talents. We have traineeships that we can grant to, to young people that would like careers. And uh, a number of the careers that we're talking about, I'm not going to name them all, but we do have people in the business world, carpentry, uh, locksmiths, medical, military, uh, social workers. And with all these opportunities, plus many more, we can get people involved in a traineeship that would be paid and you would be evaluated each month. And as time progressed, you could have a brand new career. This is designed by, uh, as Melissa indicated before, from the uh, mature, older generation to the uh, young, just out of school. You do not have to have, uh, I graduated or I didn't graduate. That doesn't make a difference. What does make a difference is what you want to do and how we can help you. 
And one of the things that uh, I have another very, very uh, uh, good friend who designed uh, <laughs> Walter Galecki. He designed the Mountain Family logo on the front, which shows uh, mom and dad and a couple of uh, children with a beautiful uh, sun setting going off into career potentials or going back, we can help them get back into school, the college, uh, for where their careers might be. You can, uh, uh, you know, look on the computer and so forth, Facebook. But we have uh, Amber, Violet, Britta, uh, Maureen, all of these different people that you could contact. Their phone numbers are there. We don't have to use or worry about last names, just your name, sit down, we'll give you the appropriate information to fill out, and then you would actually meet the person who is offering the traineeship, and you would have the potential for employment. I think the key here is you, have, you whoever applies, will have the advantage of all the knowledge of somebody who's been in a particular skill for many, many years, and they're going to pass that on to the appropriate young person that wants to have a career in. I'm not going to rename all the possibilities, but we have somebody, or we have a number of people who could take and uh, assist you in pursuing your career, your trade, or going back to school. So that's, and, and this just came about with a few people over a cup of coffee, a few older people over a cup of coffee of, what are we going to do with our knowledge? You know, we're not going to be around forever. So that's when we decided to, quote, create the Mountain Family and offer opportunities to young people. And uh, if uh, one of the things I did, did not mention besides the careers and the education is we also have things like in the military. We are familiar how we can get people with, like, uh, I believe it's ROTC, uh, possibilities, and there's another career opportunity. I just mentioned very recently when I was out at a nearby hotel and just talking like I'm talking right now, the person said, I will give you a traineeship in hotel management. So these are a lot of the things, a lot of possibilities. So don't just, so to speak, sit there and what am I going to do? You now have an opportunity to take and uh, contact these different individuals and they will be on the podcast. <laughs> yes. So if someone's listening, rather than reading all these phone numbers, um, which is on this lovely pamphlet that I now know Walter Galicki designed, uh, <laughs> the Facebook, it's find us on Facebook. So the name of the group on Facebook would be the Mountain Family, and people could go there and, and begin the process of getting in touch with you. Is that right? That is correct, yes. So are you looking just for the younger people that want to be mentored, or are you also looking for more mentors? Are you also looking for more people to join you in providing these services? Uh, we're looking for both. If there's other people that have skills that they would like to offer to young people, they could certainly contact us, and we would be very happy to add them to, uh, I believe we have at least 12 skills right now, maybe a little bit more, and you, whatever your skill might be, we're not going to turn anybody down. But you did raise a very interesting question. I don't want to think that this is just for people who are late teens or early 20s. 
This is for anybody that wants to do something in the way of a career. So I'm not going to put an age limit that if you were over the age of, no. Anybody that wants a career and wants to contact us, we'll be very happy to help them out. And it's called the Mountain Family. So does that mean it's geared towards the Helderbergs? It's the Helderberg Hilltown area that you're geared towards? Or if we have a listener, say, in Gilderland, can that person also contact you? Or you're trying to focus largely on the Hilltowns? No, this would apply. Uh, that's a very good question because we had this discussion among ourselves. Our area, if you will, is Albany County, Schoharie County, Green County, uh, Rensselaer County. So it's all the uh, uh, counties adjacent basically to the city of Albany. So no Colony, uh, Gilderland, Delmar, Ellesmere, they're certainly in uh, the different communities in Schoharie. Yes, anybody in those uh, areas would be more than welcome. And did you say that these are paid internships? Yes, they would be. And how does that work? Where's the financing coming from for this? The various companies and corporations that I talked to are going to put them on their payroll uh, as a trainee. Uh-huh. And if, what I say, anybody who is looking around the area, every place you see is one ads. We need employees. And what we're saying is with the employees that would apply for this, they would be filling a spot that just simply there is not enough uh, people power out there to take and fill all the openings that are available. Any, any business I go into these days, there's openings. But we have some very specific where people have said, you come up with a candidate, we'll provide a traineeship and it's paid. And, and that's strictly due to the fact there, I'm sure one of the big things is such a shortage of uh, personnel that want to go to work and have a career. So are you working with any other larger umbrella organization or any school district or this is this group of you on your own just set out to do this? You summed it up better than I could is a group of just volunteers saying we need to do something. Wow, isn't that remarkable? And if somebody is listening and wants to get in touch with you, are you functional right now? I mean, could they call? Yes. Okay, that's great. Well, I'd also just like to back up a little um, because one of the things that's fun about these podcasts is finding out about the person involved. And I'd like to kind of just walk through your life. The reason I became aware of you years ago was you were very active in a group that was helping with domestic violence that in the correct. hill towns that is correct. and providing a safe haven, I think largely for women and children um, that were being abused. So just kind of back up and tell us a little about that and then we'll go back even further <laughs> to hear about how you grew up this way to want to offer a helping hand. I get a feeling you're testing my memory <laughs> but we'll go, we'll, go, we'll go back to the um, uh, domestic violence group okay it was Helderberg Safe Haven and the way this was created was I got a phone call from, uh, or from the pastor uh, Don Lyon Baptist Church up in Westerlow and he called me over to his office because I guess they're aware that I can put things together and he said we got a problem 
And I said, what's that? And he said, domestic violence. After he told me and I started writing, I said, who could help me with this? That was Father Joseph Garzon. So I found it very interesting that I had a Catholic priest and a Baptist minister. And from that, it grew Jack McEnany was involved. Uh, George Pratt was involved for and security. Jack McEnany, for those who don't know, was an Albany County legislator. And George Pratt was the longtime former police chief at Altamont. Go ahead. <laughs> Just filling in the background. <laughs> and so we had, we had quite a nice group of people. And I remember I had Dan Egan, and he was the... Uh, uh, financial uh, person with the Department, New York State Department of Transportation. Anyhow, without trying to go through a whole list, we have very qualified people who could take and help uh, victims of domestic violence. And that uh, really was uh, more than I expected, but we, we did it. And that had to do with getting phone calls at midnight and you had to go and help this person get out of a very difficult situation fast. And uh, there was a number of times I know myself, I had a call like the Albany County Sheriff and get somebody up in a particular area and then find housing for them right away. So that's kind of uh, uh, my gift, I guess, is organization. And I can put something together. You tell me what the problem is, I can put it together. And uh, that's what now is, I, I know a lot of young people with everything that's happened over the last couple of years, not being able to go to school, the one thing that's happened with a number of people that I'm aware of is they didn't go back to school. So now what? You mean you, the pandemic just kind of interrupted their lives exactly and they're not correct. getting back on track. That's correct. So I'd like to back up further in your no. life because I don't know. I'm asking questions blindly, which they say you shouldn't do in court. <laughs> Probably not on a podcast either. But where are you from originally? Tell us about your life growing up, your family, where you got these values. Uh, okay, growing up, I was off of New Scotland Avenue, uh, Ramsey Place, uh, with my uh, two sisters and my brother, we went to the schools from Vincentian Institute to Albany High to School 19 to School 4, and that's where I got started. What did your parents do? Uh, my dad, uh, oh, oh, my mom was a, 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 home, a homemaker, and my dad was a uh, supervising engineer in New York Telephone Company, and they just did a very nice presentation honoring him uh, for his service in World War I. Now, uh, that occurred with about 100 people in last November at the uh, Polish Community Center. They had some folks there in dressed uniform, and one gentleman played, uh, was a friend of mine, Norm Miller. He's an author, he's written a couple of books. And uh, when they played taps, they were in uniform, and one of the neat ways that somebody said to me, you do know that there is not many direct descendants of World War I veterans still alive. I said, hmm, that's a nice way of saying I'm getting old. <laughs> well, my grandfather fought in World War I, now, but I see what you mean, the first generation descendants. They so. were looking for direct descendants, and then I read in a newspaper quite recently the life of uh, Sergeant York, and he was in it because I did a comparison and the comparison is they were in the same war zones, which was like the Argonne Forest. Sergeant York was there and my dad was there. 
And now I had another gentleman. Uh, so what, what was your father's name? John A. Umholtz. And I have the... And he was in the Army He was. Uh, he, he, uh, it's very interesting. He was in the Ambulance Corps. Oh. And if you didn't know the detail, you just made an assumption. The Ambulance Corps of the United States, which is somewhat true, except when France got involved in World War I, they had no Ambulance Corps. So they assigned certain corps, and his was SSU-302, assigned to France. So he worked for the United States through France under the supervision of those folks into the war zones and the Argonne Force and a couple other major battles over there. Really bloody battles. So yes. did he talk about this, his experience? Because he must have seen no. the worst of it. He you know, did not. With the ambulance. Yeah. Uh, he did not talk about that. Never did. Nope. Wow. Now, another interesting thing that's happening is as I mentioned, the New York State Department of Transportation, a very good friend of mine is Henry Pebrun, who was uh, at one point in time, I know, the commissioner, assistant commissioner for the New York State Department of Transportation. I'm meeting with him on Friday because his whole background, his family's from France. So now what we're going to be doing is looking at where my dad was in the battle zones in relationship to the maps that he has. So that's going to give me another perspective of just where was the ambulances and the war zones and a lot of the things that he's aware of. And he just came back from visiting the uh, cemeteries and so forth over there in France and his dad. So his father also was fighting in World War One. I? I do not know that. No, but he has an interest uh, he's in He's from it. France. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's very much interested in France and, and his family and his background, yes. So it sounds like you really have a deep interest in history, or is it just you know related to World War One because your wow. father was there? Uh, uh, do you want me? Uh, okay, well let's stay with back. How far back? Okay, I told you. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. And then I want to come forward and let you know a little bit more about before this, if you will. Uh, so anyhow, when I was just getting out of high school back then, tough times, which means. Uh, there's no money to go to college. So what era was that? When, when did you graduate uh, from high school? I graduated in 1953 from VI, mm -hmm. and we're about to have our 70th, I guess it is. <laughs> this coming, or, uh, another good friend of mine, we're putting together a uh, reunion for this coming June. But anyhow, uh, I had to do 13 years of night school, and I got my baccalaureate, and I got my uh, master's degree. And, uh, and what field is that in? Uh, public administration. And uh, I, guess, I guess that's one of the things when I'm working on something like this with people, I can get, uh, I know you know the name, Walter Galecki, okay? And there's different people like him. I only try to get the best who really want to think, how can we seriously help like this young generation? And I think I got uh, a good 12 people that are very serious that, Yes, I will, and I want to. Now, uh, coming forward. Well, no, I don't want to go, go forward yet. <laughs> we have a big, <laughs> a big gap there. So, what was your career? What was your work life? You had this. I was a supervising administrator in the New York State Department of Transportation, and I had twenty-five people who were working for me. And uh, I remember one, one particular. I didn't know what was going on, but I came to work one day in August. 
and there was a call from the commissioner to see me. I was totally unaware the commissioner even knew that I was around, but somehow I guess had a reputation. He called me, he says, I got a particular problem, what's that? He says, I want every truck in New York State, this is August, I want every truck you can get your hands out to New York State equipped with a snowplow. I said, okay, just kind of tell me why I'm putting snowplows on trucks in August. The uh, tremendous amount of, I guess I would use the word hurricane damage or whatever on Long Island, bore all the sands and signs and everything else down across the highways. You cannot keep the Long Island Expressway and some of the other uh, major arterials on Long Island tied up. You mm -hmm. had to move this stuff. Mm -hmm. Now in moving it, the once those trucks came, say from Watertown, Buffalo, wherever, there had to have these little gasoline substations open so they could fuel the trucks. That was my job to keep the truck keep the trucks moving with the plows to get them down there to open up the highways. So I did projects like that. Oh wow! So what brought you to the hill towns? Why why did you settle there? I need room. <laughs> <laughs> I I like to be able to take and go outdoors and hike and. I had a young family and I just liked the rural environment. And back then, uh, an awful lot of where I lived on Ramsey Place, just as you came down a little bit, maybe four houses, was just woods and fields and everything else. And the next thing you know, they were building them up and they were putting in highways and all of the free land, not free land, but all of the land where you would roam around and build little huts and it was all disappearing. So you had what they now call a free range childhood because so many childhoods <laughs> now are, you know, taking kids to soccer practice or ballet and everything yes. is scripted, but you were kind of out in the wilds, out in the woods, building forts. And I can give you a perfect example and I'll never forget it. Between two houses, right across from me, between two houses, there was an empty field and us kids like to play football. So we went to the owners and the owner said, you want to use that field for football? You can, but you keep it mowed and cleaned and raked and everything, which we did. So we had a number of young people and we'd go over there and I might add, we did not have power mowers either. So this is a good metaphor for all kinds of things in your life. You benefited by having this field to play in and the owner benefited by having the field kept up. And exactly you're kind correct. of finding these symbiotic relationships now with your mountain family initiative. Yes. So now we can go forward. You said you wanted to go forward, and I held you up. Uh, what, what was it? What was it? Oh, okay. So anyhow, let's go to 2016. This, All right. this is one of the main drivers of this. In 2016, January, I came in, and that's key, January. I came into the house and went splat on the floor. I did not trip. It was like somebody turned the electrical switch off. I said, what happened? Everything worked mentally, physically, nothing worked, which means I cannot dial 911. So I laid on the floor for about uh, 12 hours and I did get back two fingers. And uh, the next thing I wound up in a hospital and I had five seizures. What, what was the cause of this? I can't ever figure that out except one thing. One of the nurses told me, you know what this drip, drip, drip is that's going into you for 32 days? What's that? You have septus and MRSA both. 
either one of those would do you in. However, it didn't do me in. MRSA and septis simultaneously? With five seizures. Oh my gosh. Having survived 85 days of that in Our Lady of Mercy nursing home, and they were great. They took very, very good care of me. Uh, then it dawned on me when I got out of there is why did I survive? And I think that's the, for me, that's one of the driving forces of this uh, project. Obviously, I'm supposed to take and help somebody or some organization or something. And then as I kept talking to people of my generation, I said, it just came up, I'm not just too sure how, but it came up like, we got a lot of skills, you know that? And then one thing led to another, we got a lot of skills. What are we gonna do with these skills? And that's one of the things that started moving along this path that we're talking about. I think we should be passing these on to the next generation. And that's how this got going. And then I started talking to different people, like the ones that are right here, and uh, people like uh, Walter and some religious folks, and uh, I, I won't use that word, spiritual folks. And uh, the result of it is the Mountain family. And now uh, you are one of the first steps here at the Altamont Enterprise to try to help get the word out. And then I've got to figure out how else we can do this uh, is there a way to get it onto, uh, I don't know, television or out into community? Is there another source that I'm not aware of uh, that uh, I should sit down and talk and I can bring a couple other people with me, you know, whatever is necessary. But this word needs to go out. So you mean you're saying you can make presentations at different community groups and uh, organizations? Yeah, I, I, and but it's got to it's be like, uh, I think, some... Uh, some uh, organization like yours, you're going to reach a good number of people, I'm sure. Yeah. I was originally going to go, well, I'll go to this church, I'll go to that school, or I'll go to this community. That's only going to be a select little group of people here or there. I'm trying to get the word out because based upon my experience with uh, domestic violence, if you get 10 uh, people who experience domestic violence, you can help one. The other nine don't want the help. And that's it. That's a fact of life. So I'm going to guess if there's 12 to 15 young people that become aware of this, hopefully there'll be one. And that's the one that we want to try and help. The person wants to do something with their life. And uh, I can go, I, I'll go back on one particular, there's many, but one in particular, I'm talking now about domestic violence. The person I was talking to always was looking down. And when I looked down, I said, you're not leaving until you look at me. So she did. And then when she looked at me, I said, I'm going to ask you a difficult question. Uh, if I ask you to do something, will you do it? And you don't know what I'm going to ask you. And she said, yes. I said, okay, congratulations. You're enrolled in college. I knew she was brilliant. She didn't know she was brilliant because she had low self-esteem. I called up a friend of mine in an area college. And I said, um, you know I'm involved with domestic violence. I said, I need something, what's that? Full tuition, books, all costs, expenses for a young lady who wants to go to college. You got it. So I got where, a hold of her. Where did she go to college? College of St. Rose. 
And did she graduate? I I only follow up to a certain point. Oh my goodness! <laughs> well, that would but be I, an interesting. But, story. but there is one. There is one. There is one thing that I can tell you. I did run into her after her first semester, mm-hmm. and I said, "And how did you do?" She said, 4.0. I said, "I knew you were brilliant. You just didn't know it. That's all." So those are the kinds of things, and, and when you find like with what we're talking about right now, we find say a young person that is starting to do something, whatever the career might be. And uh, I, I, I know several because of the people. One, one person I went to was a coordinator of uh, surgical services for an area uh, medical organization. And uh, they said, I will give you a traineeship. I have that authority. I said, okay. And what's that mean? It means a person comes in, I'll teach them to be a receptionist, I'll teach them to be a medical technician, whatever it is they want in the world of medicine, I'll help them get it. Those are the kinds of things that have been given to me. Now, I've got to get, and I don't like just using the word me, but our organization, somebody in our organization is going to take this person to a uh, interview and sit down figure out just what their hours are, transportation. I'm not worried about any of that. I'm just worried about getting the person concerned about getting the person that wants to do something with their life. We will help them do that. And that's exactly what happened on many different occasions with the uh, domestic violence that we were involved in in the past. So it seems like a lot of the success of a program like this has to do with the person-to-person interaction. Yes. Our time has just flown by. (laughs) Do you have any closing thoughts that you'd like to leave our listeners with? If this is reaching any young, I won't even use the word young person. If this uh, podcast is reaching anybody out there that would like to do something with their lives in the way of any kind of a career or going back to college, we will help you get there. 